This podcast contains subject matter that may be disturbing to some listeners. Listener discretion is advised. Four imprints, one. One. It's time to open the door in your mind. Sit back and listen to true horror. But be careful what you allow in. Because it's time to go through Through the fog. fog. Here's what I know. One, the possession ends when she wakes up. Did any of that really happen? Two, she has no recollection of the previous night. Three, water disables, but only momentarily. Maybe two, three minutes? Four, the black ooze she drools and sweats while possessed evaporates. The bed and floor were wet this morning from the water I sprayed. The rest had all disappeared by the time I checked. Five, the cat is fine. And six, I need help. She's taking work calls in the other room. I'm doing my best to focus on my own work, but my mind drifts from my laptop screen. I can't focus. Agreeing to myself that I won't get anything worthwhile done today, I give up and start thinking about next steps. I need an exorcist. I'm not the kind to call an exorcist. I'm the kind of guy that scoffs at the idea. They're all scams. You can't have experience with something that doesn't exist. Clearly, I'm not the religious type, but I'll table my reservations for now. I'm not going to go through all of that again on my own. Feeling totally out of my element, but unwilling to call a church, I found an exorcist on Craigslist. Price is no object. Let's get this thing out of my girlfriend. Seth will come over tonight. He messaged me and says it is of the utmost importance that my girlfriend's waking body does not find out what we're going to do. If she does find out and is not able to fall asleep, no refunds. How much more could I expect from a Craigslist exorcist? I'm certainly not thrilled with the idea of a stranger knowing my address, but I'm not backing out now. As you can imagine, this is the slowest slog of a day I've ever experienced in my life. I am anxious. I feel physically sick. I jump at everything my girlfriend says. I can't look her in the eyes without imagining that eerie yellow tinge behind them. Around lunchtime, I hear her humming happily in the kitchen. She really has no idea, does she? A profound sense of certain death washes over me as I watch her wield a knife to cut vegetables. Finally, the workday's over. My acting this evening was on par with any Oscar winner. Remembering what the exorcist told me and failing to come up with an excuse, I got into bed with her. I made sure to place the cat in a comfortable spot in the living room. We're reading side by side when she leans over, kisses me goodnight, my eyes open, and turns out her bedroom table light. I'm going to keep mine on for now, thank you. My body tenses with a desire to bolt. We begin to spoon. She cannot learn that something is wrong, just a little longer. I figure I'm safe as long as I exit before she's asleep. She raises her head and asks, Why is your heart beating so fast? Thinking quickly, just freaked myself out by my book, is all. Maybe reading horror before bed isn't the best decision. Thankfully, she laughs at my obsession for the macabre and returns her head to the pillow. I count down for three minutes. 
out of 180 Mississippis. She must have been close to sleep because she didn't protest when I get up. I installed the chair as my lock and wait. Where are you, pumpkin? Can't you sleep? This is so close to my girlfriend's voice, I'm certain I made the whole thing up. I'll play it safe, I decide, and not respond. Again. It's cold without you, baby. Come back to bed. Sure, it's cold as hell where this thing is from. I'm not opening the door. There's someone coming up the driveway. It's late. Don't let them in. I stand up to answer the front door. Outside the dim front door light is a tall man clad in traditional priest garb. He looks like Ethan Hawke from that movie First Reformed, but clearly with a body covered in tattoos as evident by the inked skin poking out from underneath his cuffs. Pretty much exactly what you would expect from a Craigslist exorcist. There's not much time to introduce ourselves as we hear an alarming scrape coming from the bedroom. I take this moment to read the priest's face and check if he actually has experience with this. He seems at least to be brave. His face gives no indication that he's wearing a costume for a quick buck. Outside the bedroom door now, in hushed tones, he begins to explain what he is going to do. Brandishing a Bible and a small jar of holy water, I decide not to explain that sink water works fine. We're about to open the door. Hands on the chair, I hear scraping again. This time, I realize the sound was never coming from the bedroom. It came from the living room. To my left, I hear the stranger breathe out softly. The cat. The cat has been watching us the whole time. It's normally green eyes, now bloodshot and yellow. No pupils in sight, poking out from around the corner. Black paste, drooling from its agape mouth, leaving a snail trail of fluid behind it that stalks out into the open. It attempts to hiss while making eye contact with the priest, but all that comes out is a bubbling gurgle as more fluid leaks onto the hardwood. Are the cat's legs longer than usual? It looks like it's grown five inches in height, typically sitting around ankle level, but now it can stand as high as my knees. I curse quietly to myself. Shit. How could I have been so stupid? Of course the cat managed to get itself possessed. It spent the whole night in the bedroom, presumably mopping up the viscous black oil, wet food, with its mouth. New plan. Cat first. I shit you not, the cat fucking talks. Its mouth doesn't move from its totally agape resting position, but the voice comes out of its mouth. It's that same too deep nightmare voice I'm all too familiar with. I told you not to let him in. Just then, my girlfriend decides she needs attention again. A constant rapping of knuckles on the door. Let me out, let me out, let me out! I'm triaging this situation in my mind when I realize the moment I took my eyes off the cat, it has rocketed itself forward. Climbed the priest's whole body, wrapped its two long legs around its neck, constricts him like a snake, maintained dull eye contact with me as I look on in horror. The priest drops its Bible and holy water on the ground, attempting to tear the cat's octopus-like legs away from its neck. He succeeds, momentarily, and cites what I assume was a Bible verse. The cat puts a stop to this with a quick navigation of its tail deep down the priest's throat. <coughs> Coughing and hysterical, he can't manage to escape its impossible grip. Claws digging bloody fissures into his neck. My turn. As I grab the holy water from the ground and grapple with the cat's jaw, pouring the contents of the jar down its slam-obstructed throat. Immediately, the cat falls to the ground like a corpse. Legs splayed out in every direction and lays on the ground. Defeated for now. Once the cat is safely inside its travel carrier, the priest and I share a grim look. 
I ask him if he's ever dealt with this kind of thing before. Rubbing his neck? Of course. A thousand times. It takes a great deal of conviction for me to not physically roll my eyes. Glad to have you around then. Through the Fog was recorded by Haptic. Edited by Brad LeBaron, Haptic, and Kevin Caravan. And produced by Flyover State Park. All stories are recorded either with the author's permission or with a Creative Commons share-like license. If you like what we're doing, be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. You can find links to Haptic and Flyover at State Park's link trees down in the show notes. There you can find links to our podcast on other platforms, as well as Twitter and other social media and YouTube links. Redistribution or sale of this podcast is strictly prohibited without the express written consent of both Haptic and the story authors. Thank you for listening, and we'll talk to you next week. This is Flyover State Park. You are clear to land.